This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shut up and sit down. It's our hockey podcast with Brian Metzer. We do it every week here at Breakfast with Ben's. Metz is on the Penguins Radio Network. You can listen to him during intermissions, post game, and Pens Live Weekly. Check him out there with Paul Steigerwald on 105.9 The X, your flagship for Penguins games here in Pittsburgh. Mets, hope you had a good Christmas. It was nice, my friend. How was yours? Not bad. I'm sure it could have been better for the Penguins if they managed to get two points against the Senators, but a lousy start prevented that, and then a uh, quick kick out of overtime by the Senators just 70 seconds in. And Man, it would have been nice to get two there. That couldn't have left a very good taste in their mouths for three days during the holiday break. No, not at all. Uh, I guess... You know, the way that it transpired kind of flipped the thinking because, as you said, it was an ugly start. They weren't in a great situation, but they did show some fortitude in putting the third period together that they did to get the game tied up late at 1734 from Chris Letang. And I know they lost in OT, but, you know, I guess salvaging the point was huge because now they have gotten five out of six in terms of gaining points in the standings out of their five uh, last five of six games. So we'll take that, I suppose. The power play appears to have regressed again. Just one for its last 12. Yeah, not a not a great-looking unit all of a sudden. Now, there were some games in which they had some really, really good looks still. If you go back to the Carolina game, they had a number of really quality chances. They didn't, you know, it's not as if they're getting a ton of power plays every single night, but they're starting to put together at least opportunities on the power play, which is a good thing. They also had that power play in overtime against the uh, Hurricanes where the Canes were under siege, and the Penguins hit a post, if I'm not mistaken. I think Sidney Crosby did that, came close to scoring with the extra man. So for right now, I guess the fact that they're still getting shots to the goal and kind of creating offense is a good thing, but you need that to, to be successful because we looked at some numbers, and it's at the point now where games in which they score a power play goal – they're averaging close to five goals a game, and their record is almost perfect 
in games in which they do not score a power play goal, it's very much less than perfect. And I think they're averaging, you know, in and around three-ish goals a game and still allowing a few too many from time to time. So that's not a good spot to be in. A Festivus miracle. Ricard Raquel actually scored. You know what was insane? We brought that up on the Tweet the Old 2-9er segment the other night because I had a uh, person check in with Borky and they wanted his take on that situation, on Raquel scoring a goal. And I don't think I have seen the 2-9er cast such aspersions and venom at a player as he did to Ricard Raquel moments after the guy scored a goal, Tim. He pretty much just said, well, if you want to be satisfied and happy with that, fine, fine, enjoy it. But I'm going to look at the fact that he's not doing X and he's not doing Y and he's not doing Z. And uh, he still wants more from Ricard Raquel. And I think we all do. Uh, The guy has not really lived up to the hype of what earned him the contract to stay here in Pittsburgh. But I think the goal is a step in the right direction. He's on that Sidney Crosby line. He's going to get opportunities. And if nothing else, it seems as if he's starting to gain a bit of a comfort level playing with Sid again because he was pretty good with him last year when he or the first year when he first arrived they played together a bit before he settled in with Evgeny Malkin and I think that you know the the goal that he set Sid up on with a nice spinorama backhand after Sid was forechecking like crazy against Carolina that that will help him get going but that being said one goal is not enough and hopefully it's the first of many that he can build upon and change the perception about his underperformance you know, it's strange because when he was in the goalless rut before he got hurt, he seemed to be doing some things to help the team that weren't directly related to scoring. But since he came back, like Borky said, the lack of overall productivity away from the goal scoring sheet has also been more pronounced. Yeah, he, he has had what can only be categorized as a cloak of invisibility, Tim. Um, and that's not good. You know, when you were a guy like that and you got the contract that he has and you're known for being a good two-way player, you got to do more. And if you're not going to score on a nightly basis, you certainly have to be doing more. You got to chip in with the defensive play. You got to play a 200-foot game. And if you're going to play with Sid, too, you got to work hard. And I, I, I think he's turning a little bit of a corner, but it's still, you know, it wasn't enough up to that point. So hopefully he does get himself going. He can kind of, Uh, look at what Sid's doing on his line and and pattern himself after that a little bit. Cause to your point, just not enough in terms of the, the away from the puck stuff that we had seen in the past where he's always been that kind of player. And this year, not so much. Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins radio network. Well now Mets, they've got three out of four against metropolitan division foes that currently have playoff spots in the Islanders and capitals. There's also a Saturday night game wedged in there against the St. Louis blues. They pick back up tonight at New York. They're playing the Islanders on the road. Then three straight home games with that Blues game on Saturday. A return date against the Islanders on New Year's Eve. And then Washington after New Year's Day on the 2nd. So they're cramming in a lot over the next week here. They're certainly packing in a bunch between now and New Year's Eve. And they're big games. They're important games against teams that they trail in the Metro standings. They've got to be sharp coming out of the break. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that, Tim. I mean, they've got their work cut out for them. They're sitting there just at 34 points in their own division. Uh, The Rangers now have 47. The Islanders, who they meet tonight, are at 41. Uh, You can can do a lot of good in the next week here. If they can pick up some victories against those teams in their division, against those teams in the Eastern Conference, 
to get themselves clawed back into contention. I know when you look at the wild card standings themselves, they're not so far out of it. Just um, five points removed from the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are currently in the second wild card slot. But there are, what, currently four teams in between them. So every night it gets harder and harder as those teams play and you're leapfrogging one another. So it all begins with a very, very tough matchup against the Islanders on the road. It's a place that chaos always ensues. It's not an easy building for the Penguins. And honestly, the that's a team that broke their hearts last season, Tim. Uh, the Islanders, you know, you got two of the next three against them, as you just mentioned. They're the ones that came back in the third period multiple times against the Pens last year. And even if you would have earned one more point out of those Islanders games, the Penguins make the playoffs. So this is really magnified here, this weekend series uh, of games, you know, going into 2024. And then, of course, when you kick off 2024 with the ones that you mentioned against the Caps, Boston, uh, Buffalo and Philly, you, you got your work cut out for you if you're the Penguins. And I don't recall a situation maybe other than 2009 in recent memory where they were in such a precarious situation this late in the season. I know that we're really truly not even at the halfway point. They've only played 32 games, but it still feels like you were in a, a bit of a deeper hole than we can ever recall them being in this late in the year after, you know, the Penguins have become a perennial playoff team. So it's all, it's all going to be just so much bigger than normal with every single Metro and Eastern conference game that's coming down the pike. Cause there were a ton of them in the second half of the season. How are the Islanders doing it? 16, 8, and 9. I know they've been good at home so far this year, but what stands out to you about them to be in second place so far? Um, for me, Tim, it's the fact that they have nine loser points. I mean, they've you know managed to get themselves tied and into overtime, even if they've lost those games. Because really, their record, if you, if you do it the way that we like to sometimes, where you're going to say uh, the overtime loss is a loss still, they're actually just 16 and 17 on the season, but their record of 16, eight and nine looks better because you got those nine extra points. You take those nine extra points away, they'd actually be behind the Penguins in the standings. So they they have done a good job of making sure that they're generating points because they're still not scoring a lot of goals or anything, Tim. I mean, they're, get, they're getting good seasons from a couple guys, particularly Noah Dobson. Uh, having a really good year on the blue line. He's finally kind of developing into what they thought he would have been over these last two seasons when they selected him with one of those first or with one of those two first round picks. Uh, he and Wallstrom were brought in from the USA development program, but there's still a minus four goal differential this year. They have been doing pretty well. Their last 10, they're six, one and three, three more loser points for you there. And they, um, you know, so they're, they're kind of a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Penguins could feasibly find a way to beat them in both of those games if they can get their power play going because you know they're going to be feisty. There's going to probably be penalties. And if the Penguins can score on the power play in those two games, I think they could find four points against the Islanders and pull that much closer to them in the standings. But for me, that's the key. Nine loser points. And that's among the most in the league. I think it is the most in the league. Seattle has nine as well, but I think they're tied with that number. And the Caps are doing it with defense because I know Ovi's not scoring. My gosh, um, have we seen Father Time catch up to him? I know that's what everybody's saying. I saw an interesting stat, and I got, I got to find this again because I don't want to misquote it. But generally, the, the point of it was that with these new metrics that the NHL are keeping track of with their new stats that you can find with all the biometric stuff, etc., 
he's playing several miles per hour slower than he was just uh, two years ago. And that, they think, is making a big difference in his ability to score goals and do everything that he's normally done. He's he's picking up more assists than you would think, but uh, just definitely not scoring the way Alex Ovechkin has been known to do. And it does seem like, you know, being a full year plus more uh, in terms of age than Sidney Crosby, time has caught up to him more than it has to Sid because, you know, we're still seeing Sidney Crosby do so many great things at 36 years old. Ovi a little closer to 40 than Sid, and he has definitely slowed down. But to your point, yes, uh, defense has been a little bit more of their forte, getting some uh, solid contributions from Dylan Strom. That's been a really nice landing spot for him, and I think that's been uh, as big a key as anything else to their success because they're still getting some goals from him. He's leading them in scoring now with just 20 points in 31 games. Ovi also with the 20 points, Tim but just scored his sixth goal of the season the other night. So uh, it's a little head-scratching. Who would have thought we'd see Ovi at any point in his career with just six in 31 games? I will say a difference maker for them this season, too, is getting John Carlson back healthy and pretty much playing what has been a full season so far. He's played all 31 games for them, and he missed all that time last year with the, the skull fracture and the facial issues that he had from that ugly shot hitting him. He missed a, a significant chunk. But he's been right there involved just behind those two guys leading the team and scoring with 19 points of his own. And lastly, Mets, Nadelkovic got a run of games there before the holidays. What do you think they think of their own goaltending situation? Uh, That was the interesting thing for me, that he essentially appeared in five straight, once in relief. But in all four of the other games in which he started, he earned points. He won three of them. He had the um, maybe not the best showing against the Senators, but that was more of a team situation. So I'm not going to be shocked, Tim. I mean, you know, Jari is certainly going to play one of the Saturday or Sunday games just because it's back to back. But he's not been great against the Islanders in his career. People are going to remember that playoff series. So I, I haven't seen anything yet this morning, but there's probably a chance that they go back to Ned tonight on the road on the island. So if that happens, it just is going to be Sullivan riding the hot hand. And I kind of like the move in that he's not been shy about worrying about somebody's ego or, or anything like that. He's, he's done what he thinks gives his team the best chance to earn points, riding a hot hand goaltender. Nadelkovic has been really solid. He's given them a chance to win. And the other tough decisions he made, you, you may have seen a couple games ago. Um, and I think it happened in the, the Sens game too. He pulled Gino and Eric Carlson off the number one power play unit to try and get it going. So, um, that that's a guy that seemingly showing now that he's kind of saying, I don't really care. I'm going to make some moves here that are going to try and help my team. So I think we're going to see Ned a little bit more till he cools off. Maybe it's almost a one, a one B situation a little bit here for the next couple of weeks. Mets. Thanks. Appreciate it. I know it's going to be a busy run for you between now and new year's Eve. Uh, I guess you rest in may well, or June or June. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, maybe even eight. <laughs> it just depends. But yeah, we'd love it if it were May or June. That means that the boys got themselves back in and we earn more money. As as CM Punk said in his return, Tim, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. I don't care what they do as long as I earn. Brian Metzer, Pittsburgh Penguins Radio Network.